Welcome to the Between the Dream Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Friday, August 10th, 2018. If you're new to the podcast, I ask that you go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. And if you are returning, thank you so much for coming on back. It means the world to me. I've missed you guys. I had a good week off. And now it's time to hop back into it. But before we get ahead of ourselves, I got to let you know that the Between the Dream Podcast is brought to you by Fibersoul.com. Fibersoul is a shop for Christian streetwear that balances the the latest styles and life-giving scripture. Fibersoul is apparel that speaks life. And right now you can get 15% off of your first order using code Taylor15 at Fibersoul.com. Make sure you do so. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. So I had a lot going on um, last Friday and even Monday. My wife and I celebrated our first year, which was amazing. And we had a blast in Chicago. I'm back home in Seattle now and it's time to get back to business. I have taken a lot of time to actually think about today's podcast. Um, as you know, Between the Dream is is more than just the motivation and it's more than just pumping you up in different areas. I, I like to be intentional when it comes to certain conversations. And this is one of those times where I want to do this. So for those of you who have followed my journey for any point in time, you know that I not only am, you know, into fitness, but there's a reason why. And a big part of that is because of my own personal journey and losing 170 pounds and now trying to figure out what I'm doing with my body. Am I trying to become the great value version of Dwayne Johnson? Do I just want to look good in a suit or maybe I can become an Instagram model? I don't know. Still trying to figure that out pending. So I will let you know. However, the conversation has to do with weight loss, right? And we see so many people talk about losing weight and so many people talking about getting in shape and all of these different things. And I kind of want to just shoot from my space today when it comes to my journey and some of the things that I've noticed when it comes to the aftermath of weight loss, maybe some things that people don't always talk about, but they are realities that live there before we we do, I want to go ahead and kind of jump into this by giving you just a little bit of background on what the process has looked like for me. So like I said, many of you all know, many of you all don't. I've lost 170 pounds. At my biggest during college, man, I lost myself in food literally food and depression. And I ate myself all the way up to 370 pounds. I started college at 200 pounds. And in in a year and a half's time, I just ate and ate and ate. My pan size went from a 34 in the waist to about a, I want to say a 48, maybe a 50. Um, And I literally got to a point where I just started wearing joggers all the time. It was always sweats. And I mean, a lot took place during this time. You know, hygiene just got bad. I stopped taking care of myself. Obviously, dealing with a lot of depression just made me feel worse about myself as well. Um, And that was not a fun journey. Um, You talking about somebody who was eating three and four cheeseburgers in one sitting at a restaurant and overeating in the cafeterias, whatever the case might be. Don't let me get a buffet in front of my face because it's a wrap. I'm eating whatever you throw at me. Um, that was tough. That was very tough. And it actually took for me to have several health scares. One in particular, though, which was the fact that I had a laryngitis and I went to the hospital for it and I wasn't even going to find out about my my body, my heart or my blood pressure. But in that process, I found out that my blood pressure was beyond stroke level. And during that time, I got very scared and I was like, I need to start to make some changes. Now, I was not privy to what it would really take to lose weight. 
I had just really grown accustomed to seeing a lot of the promotions that had to do with lose weight in 30 days, 60 pounds in 30 days. So I fell into a space of using diet pills, powders, and a lot of weight loss supplements. Um, and during this time, I didn't realize that I was actually getting sick from a lot of the stuff that I was using, trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Now, I did start to actually see some weight loss during this time. And so summer of 2009, I lost 60 pounds during the summer simply by going to the gym twice a week during the summer. I'm sorry, twice a week. <laughs> yeah, right. Twice a day, five days during the week. There we go. And I was in such a, a burst of, of, I guess you could say, motivation and energy to try and get this weight off. And so during this time, I lost all 60 pounds and the fall time came back up and I didn't follow through the way that I had been. Now, I wasn't really eating right during this time. Um, people automatically think that just because you put a vegetable in your mouth, oh my God, you're eating right. No. I was like starving myself partially and didn't even realize it. I'd probably have three to four cans of greens a day. And then I'd prop and and I wouldn't, I mean, I would call that my meals. I wasn't getting the proper nutrition in. And I wasn't aware, like I said, you know, one of the things I'm always adamant about now is this idea of studying to show yourself approved. When it comes to the things that we can do better and be better at, a lot of it comes through our own personal research and study. It's not just a, a wise thing to shoot from the hip and always jump straight into something with adrenaline, but not having any kind of education behind it or at least an understanding on ideas of what it will truly take and this was me and I think it started to show for me um, during the fall time when I got back to school and within the first three months of the fall I had put on all the weight that I had lost and so I mean I literally went right back up to 370 it was like boom hey good to see you again so it, it was one of those things where I kind of went into it blind and wasn't paying attention uh, let's fast forward to um, summer of 2010 which is where I really started to try and make the change and be more consistent with it. I had lost a few pounds before prior to just trying to be active, but 2010, I really came into it. I was still doing my two-a-days and getting things done on that side. But um, this time I had, and it was totally unintentional. I had no idea that it would happen. But in the process of me losing like five pounds a week and I'm drinking gallons of water a day now and trying to flush my system, I hadn't stopped eating the wrong things. I was still eating out almost every night. I was, I mean, I was staying in a college dorm over the summer while I was working um, my summer job. And so it's not like I could cook my own food. And even if I could, I probably wouldn't have because I was lazy at that time. I know me, I know how I was. But with that being said, one of the things that I didn't understand was that um, you can't just keep the weight off and think that you're going to be able to keep the lifestyle of eating the same way. And I didn't know that. So for me, during this time of the summer of 2010, I actually um, opened the doorway to bulimia and didn't even know it. And so for those of us that don't know what bulimia is, bulimia is the process of eating your food, but not keeping it down and regurgitating it after a while. This stuck with me for six years, literally didn't overcome it until 2016, which is around the time that my wife and I had um, really just kind of began like friendship. And then later on that year, our courtship and everything. Well, we were friends prior to that, but um, I had opened up to her about that. And uh, man, it was it was such a blessing. You know, we talk about women being favored, man. Y'all don't even know that's going to be another uh, podcast episode real soon. But 
in this space of six years, I had gotten into a mode where I was so scared to put back on the weight that I had been losing that I wouldn't keep my meals down for long. I would eat and then I would just throw it right back up not too long after. And so I thought that this was okay, but I didn't realize that I was deteriorating my body from the inside out. So I will say this, this process at that time has been, had been tough. And I mean, at times it still is, you know, nothing I think that is worthy is going to be easy to attain and even easy to maintain. Uh, but I will say that the rewards have been amazing now that I have finally figured out what I need to do. Now that I've gotten into a right, I can't even call it a diet, but a lifestyle of eating when it comes to my intake of fruits and veggies, right? Just eating things that are good for the body, that fuel your body, getting the right proteins in getting the right carbohydrates in and literally just feeding my body what it needs to thrive and survive now. Um, but with this, I thought this was a, an important space because many of you all who listen to this podcast and many of you all who who know other people who have lost weight, um, you've seen all of these great transformation pictures, you see all of these great posts, but there is an aftermath to weight loss that we don't talk about enough. And I want to just kind of start this conversation and help to break this mold, maybe for someone that's listening. And that is this. This is the process of what I call FOR, F-O-R, or the fear of relapsing. Many of us who have lost weight, who have had any kind of successful body transformation, whether we admit it or not, we do deal with this space of the fear of relapsing. And if we can be completely honest, it doesn't happen automatically. Some of us are still in the space of kicking and pumping off of adrenaline. But as you get older, you start to think about the fact that the body slows down when it comes to metabolism or things don't function and work the same, right? For some of you ladies who listen into this, you have children. And after you have children, you've seen women in the past who have had kids. And after they've had kids, people use the term let themselves go. But they've been they've had to deal with a life. They've had children. They don't know where to start or how to even regain themselves. Right. So I don't know whatever you want to title that. I'm not going to say let yourself go. I will just say that you've had to deal with life. And with that, it can be very hard. Right. After we have different surgeries from unexpected ailments or maybe an injury or whatever the case might be, you know, it's very hard to get back on the wheel sometimes and pick this thing up. So I want to talk to you today about the fear of relapsing, specifically as it has to deal with the aftermath of weight loss. And we're going to talk about the fear of relapsing in other areas over the next few uh, podcast episodes as well. But today is the fear of relapsing when it comes to the aftermath of losing weight. Guys, fear of relapsing has, is crippling. If we can be completely honest, it's a crippling feeling. It's a crippling emotion. And when it starts to seep into your brain and your mind, it can be a very, very hard thing to break. And for many of us, it causes several things. These are the points that I'm going to get to in a second. And then we're going to be done with this. But the fear of relapsing, it, it, it can literally put you in a space to where you are motivated by the fear. And motivation can be a great thing. But what happens when you're motivated by tainted thoughts or what happens when you're motivated by things that aren't necessarily the right things to, to be motivated by, you're actually running off of fear. And because you're running off of fear, when you allow those emotions to seep up to your brain and mentally you start to function under that through your actions, what we tend to do sometimes is make decisions based off of fear and making decisions based off of fear can be a detriment to your life. 
There are several things that we see with the aftermath of weight loss that I think are so important. The first is that it can cause you to lose self-control, specifically in the realm of losing weight or keeping weight off or maintaining weight or transforming your body. You can begin to lose control of your thoughts. Even before you lose control of yourself physically, you can start walking in a realm of torment because you are always so afraid to do anything based off this idea that you will go back to what you once were. And I want to just take this moment to encourage you, empower you, and let you know that you do not have to live in this place of torment. But even beyond that, you have got to let yourself go and get out of your own head thinking that you are going to become what you used to be and not paying enough attention to the positive habits that you have built that have got you to this place of transformation. So with that being the case, guys, you cannot allow yourself to lose control because you have not gained control over your thoughts. So we've got to gain control over our thoughts before anything else. And why is it important to, to gain control over our thoughts? Well, several things can happen. The first is that you you can become um, obsessive. You can literally like there's a good thing. There's a such thing as good obsession, right? Positive obsession. Like it's good to like for me going to the gym and working out. It's a great space of, of mental clarity for me. But what happens when you start to go overboard when it comes to the fact that your entire life is now revolving around always making sure that you are doing something that is talking about weight loss or staying in shape or doing this or doing that, right? Like there is a certain point in time where we lose the, the control of balance and then we become obsessive. And when we become obsessive, this is a, a definitely a, a part of the losing yourself process. You can become obsessive and forget that there are so many other things that matter in life. One of them being balance and that balance actually being the key to living longer, to thriving and to doing what you need to do. Besides becoming obsessive, Obsessive. One of the other things that we see that happens is, is that you can start making long term hurtful decisions, right? When we become obsessive, one of the things that we've got to be very, very careful of is not putting ourselves into a position where we overwork ourselves. Stressfully, when it comes to our mental and our emotional, we can overwork our brain. Stress is a no-go and it's no good for your body, for your heart as well. You can literally shut down. But then even in the physical stance, guys, like you can work, you can overwork yourself physically because you've become so obsessed. And in that space of becoming so obsessed, your body can't function. Your body, I'll put it to you like this. There's actually a point of overworking your body, even though you think you're doing good by working out and doing all of this to where you can actually plateau or you can actually start to gain weight because you haven't given your body the time it needs to heal, to recover and to rest. So you gotta be careful not to become obsessive in allowing that overworking to start making hurtful decisions. Not just from a standpoint of your body shutting down, but you can start to actually injure yourself. You can walk into the space of injury because you haven't recovered and because you haven't recovered, your body is literally wearing and tearing every time. So rest and relaxation, recovery is so important for you, right? Here, the, the last and final point that I want to give you as well is this is idea that we could become what we're trying to avoid by not paying attention and running, I'm sorry, in running our bodies into the ground.
One of the things that you heard me mention a few seconds ago was this idea of balance. And when we lose the control of balance, we can actually start to function under the overworking. And and in doing this, we create injuries. One of the biggest things that we see when it comes to injuries is the fact that it's not easy to recover from that because sometimes we do tend to put on weight. Sometimes we do tend to eat out of our feelings and eat out of depression or sadness or whatever the case might be. And because of this, guys, once we are finally back to full health to start working our bodies again, sometimes we are completely out of the mold because we lack motivation, because we've been so discouraged for such a period of time and it hurts. And now you are back at step one, but you don't even want to pick up the ball to try again. And so I just want to encourage you all today to let you know that you aren't the only one that deals with the aftermath known as the thoughts and the emotions and the feelings that come with the fear of relapsing. You're not. You're not the only one who deals with that. But I want to let you know that this does not have to control you first and foremost. And secondly, my biggest point of encouragement for you all today is to pay attention to all of the positive investments that you have made into this transformation so far. If you stay consistent with that, you don't have to worry about a relapse because you have built a foundation that has been good for you in keeping you not only maintained and sustained, but still helping you to this point. So my idea that I want to impress upon you today is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You are good where you are. And as you continue to make better decisions and continue to develop better habits for your eating, right? Because a lot of times when we talk about gaining weight, it's, going, it's what we do outside of the gym. It's what we do in our personal lives. It's what we decide to put in our bodies. And so what am I saying? You've got to start making the better decisions there, healthy decisions there, and you won't have to worry about relapsing. Guys, I hope this is some kind of encouragement for somebody who needs it today, because like I said, this is something that I've thought about. I mean, and, and for some of us, it, it comes with a thing of age. For some of us, it comes with a thing of children. For some of us, it just it's a fear. It's a torment because we see how well we're doing and we get that little voice in our head that tries to creep up and remind us of what we used to be, making us think that maybe one day we can go back to that. But I'm here to let you know that you don't have to. So like I said, we're going to start this series of the fear of relapsing in many different areas in life. But I'm here to let you know that you do not have to allow relapse to become a part of your narrative in your story that will negatively impact you and pull you into a dark abyss that you may never get out of. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Between the Dream podcast. For those of you all who might be new or maybe you don't know what Between the Dream is, Between the Dream is the point between your present moment and your promise. Um, I like to call it the process. Between the Dream is the process. When you embrace your process, you embrace your progress. And when you embrace your progress, you can walk into every promise, every purpose and every plan meant for your life. I love you all. I want to see you win in everything you do. Until next time. Peace.